everyone. Welcome to What's Up with Pastor Chuck. And today as my special guest, I have my girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I better be. (laughs) Yeah, you are. You are. So I've got my girlfriend here, Pam, who's also my wife, for those who didn't know. Uh, 42 years. Yeah, you're my first wife. Yeah, you're my first husband. (laughs) Yeah, isn't that kind of fun? Yeah. So first place. Yeah. Yeah. So we're all in this midst of this shelter in time, and uh, we're trying to find some joy in the midst of it. And one of the things that, uh, first of all, Pam and I love being together. So yes. I that almost feels a little wrong that actually I love being with you. I haven't, it's not getting old at all. No, it isn't. I like it too. Yeah. I, I don't know. It'll be hard to get back to when you leave. <laughs> That'll be hard. Yeah, no, I think so too. And uh, even like our dogs love it and you yeah. love it. I love it. Um, but it's not that we don't miss everybody and not that we want don't want to also get back to caring for people right. and loving on them. Uh, but anyway, one of the things we do that's kind of fun, and, and before we get into something serious, we're going to get into something serious about how to handle transitional anxiety. We're going to get into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we do, uh, you have been reading memes to me, and uh, I love those. And I think it's one of the fun things to do, and how people are so creative when they come up with these. They're really fun. So let me just read some of my favorites here. The funniest ones right now are the homeschooling ones. Homeschooling going so well, two students suspended for fighting and one teacher for fired for drinking on the job. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I love that Isn't one. Isn't that funny? Yeah. yeah. Uh, just heard the first person in Oklahoma that had the coronavirus is cured. Does anyone know how much toilet paper it took? <laughs> you, you know, know what? I love we've all we've all been la- laughing about it, but no one can still figure out why. No, it, the I, TP thing. Yeah, I know yeah. it is. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess God. I guess God got so mad about all of us fighting down here that He sent us all to our rooms. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I you hadn't told me that one. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my kids ate pencil shavings, drew abs on his brother, and asked me if turkeys come from pigs. Yeah, homeschooling's going super well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This one may be my favorite. I'm done with my 90-day trial of 2020. How do I cancel my membership? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we never thought 2020 would be this. Did no, we? Yeah. no, it was the start of a new decade. It's like, oh my gosh, looking forward to it. And we're quarantined. We're yeah. Stuck. You know what, though? I'm going to take that back a little because um, when we started to get the news reports in December out of China, um, because we study the Bible, interestingly, uh, we do watch the news and we do keep yeah. up with that. And I try to keep up with research. But because we study the Bible, we did see this coming, oh, didn't we? Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah, because um, for those of you who don't know, Pam and I um, follow the whole idea that the World Health Organization is very active in scouting the world constantly for the next cl- coming global pandemic. So they did see it coming. Uh, and then the Bible said it would be coming. And we know that beyond this, there's probably and almost for sure a worst one coming. They're actually for sure is the worst one coming. And we know that there are virus hunters who go out all around the world uh, putting themselves at risk, right? They are. And it's amazing that they do that. But it's, I mean, it's good for us, but I don't think any of us were ready to be quarantined. I mean, that makes sense that that's what you do, but I don't, 
I really don't think we were ready. Yeah. Do you remember? And I, I haven't done it on purpose in this season, but I used to, I, whenever I taught on this, I would describe people actually hiding in their homes, having the knock at the door, looking out and having a junior high uh, neighbor saying, my parents are sick. Mm-hmm. My parents are sick. Can you help me? But you know, if you open that door, door the virus is coming, coming in. in. Yeah. Yeah. Scary, isn't it? Yeah. And I don't tell that very often anymore because it just scares. It's too real. (laughs) Yeah. I can freak people out. Because back then it wasn't really real. Yeah. I was trying to get people to see how real it could be. Yeah. So something else is real, Pam. And uh, you uh, told me that you wanted to talk about this uh, so we can help people. It's called transitional anxiety. And for those of you who didn't, uh, weren't with us on our weekend message, uh, what I did is I talked about the fact that whenever we go through major transitions, there's always a level of transitional anxiety. In other words, because there's transition, there's anxiety. Uh, when you see it coming, that's a little bit better. Uh, when you don't see it coming and you start through a major transition or, or the transition gets out of control, um, then that can create a lot of anxiety in people. And so yeah. they're, they're, we got to learn how to handle that because it's going to be there at one level or, or shape or form. Yeah. And then the other thing, this all comes out of a, 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 a teaching or a, a theory called stage theory by Walter Brueggemann, uh, which I think is so interesting because he's an Old Testament scholar that has shaped areas of psychology and sociology based on what the Bible says, because the Bible already knew uh, what this yeah. would be like. And so what happens is people go through transitions and then they have transitional anxiety. So to dig a little deeper into that, I'm going to give you something new we didn't talk about on the weekend. And then Pam's going to share personally about how she got through some transitions in our life. Um, But but what happened is David. Uh, David was a shepherd and he loved being a shepherd. Matter of fact, when you read about the Psalms, uh, even the idea of the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, was based on how much he loved caring for the sheep, defending the sheep and being faithful in that moment. And he was out there writing songs and worshiping God and, and, and caring for the sheep who he would have known by name because shepherds back then knew their sheep by name, which I think is so interesting. And uh, then God decided to do something because how does, how does transition happen? We go from one orientation. If you didn't hear the weekend message, we have an orientation where we're oriented then God disorients us because God wants to do something where we walk by faith and not by sight. So we go through disorientation and then we go through reorientation. So if you're listening, we're oriented, disoriented, reoriented. Whenever we're disoriented, God may very personally be doing that to us. And he's actively involved in that chaotic time and that time where we don't know what's going on, what life's going to be like on the other side. And so what happens is too often we fight to get back to the old orientation when we need to go to the new one. So David was a shepherd who got disoriented uh, when God had him fight Goliath. And I believe God inspired him to do that. And he did it because he loved God, which threw him into the place where now he went from being uh, a shepherd to being a warrior and actually one of the greatest warriors that would ever live and uh, doing heroic things. But he also went to ministering to Saul uh, by, by leading worship for Saul. so that demons would be driven from King Saul. Now that's probably a lot to take in. But then what happens? He's loving life. He's going to marry Saul's daughter. Jonathan, Saul's son, is his best friend. He's loving this new reorientation that he's in. And then God says, no more. 
because I want you to be a great king. But he can't be a great king in the position he's in. So God uh, moves and uses something very interesting where Saul, uh, and, and, and man, read, read uh, Kings and or Samuel and Kings on this, but, but uh, Saul uh, actually gets so angry and jealous of David, he tries to kill him, and he actually drives him away, ruins his marriage, uh, keeps Jonathan away from him, Samuel can't be around him, and now David is at a place where he is just thinking, what is going on? He's wandering. He's so disoriented. He's wandering the Judean wilderness and he ends up at a place called En Gedi. Now, we've been to En Gedi. Yeah. Yeah. And so En Gedi's the place of the wild goats, they call it. And there are kind of like wild yeah. goats there, huh? a lot of wild animals. Pretty fun. Yeah. And there's caves everywhere. Yeah. Even so high, you can't get to them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally, huh? And uh, just the hike to them is amazing, yeah. which shows how uh, good a shape David was in. And, and David now is joined by 300 men who he didn't ask to come be with him, but they all come be with him. And then this is one of my favorite stories in all the Bible. Uh, David goes and he hides in a place in a, in a cave uh, because Saul and his men are coming to kill him. So David and his men go hide in a big cave in the far recesses of the cave in the darkness. And of, and what happens is Saul has to go to the bathroom. <laughs> By the way, number two. Okay, just so you know, I won't get more graphic than that. Uh, but, but that meant he had to go alone in the cave because the king didn't go to the bathroom in front of anybody. And uh, he took off his robe. Now he's in a squatting position where he would have been exposed. That's not the best position to fight from. No. And David's men say to David, you know what? God has given him into your hands. And, and so now uh, uh, David thinks, you know what he has. And so he sneaks up on Saul and he could have screamed and yelled and freaks all out and probably had him at a heart attack. But instead he cuts off a piece of his robe and it says the Lord struck David's conscience because that's not how he was supposed to get reoriented. That isn't how he was supposed to get back. He was about to do something wrong. And so what happened is, is uh, Saul gets done, goes outside. David won't let anybody hurt Saul. And he runs and tells Saul something. He says, Look at he goes, look what I have in my hand. I have the, the fringe of your robe. I could have killed you, but I didn't because you're the Lord's anointed. And why are you listening to people who say I'm against you? And then Saul says to David, you will certainly one day be king. I know that, but at least spare my family. And uh, so in that moment, David had been told by Samuel, David had been told by Saul, his worst enemy. David had been told by Jonathan, who had the right to the throne, that he would be the new king, that that was his new reorientation. But he didn't believe it still. So then he does something that we're going to talk about. He, in the midst of that time, makes a really bad decision. You don't want to make major decisions in this time. And what does he do? He goes to the, the Philistines. That's where Goliath was from. He goes to the place Goliath was from, uh, where he had killed the giant Goliath. And he, he goes there and then realizes they're going to kill him for being there. But he was so disoriented that he went and did the wrong thing, which, by the way, in this season, be careful on yes. the decisions you make. Yes. So what happens is David realized they're, I'm going I'm to get killed. And, and, and so what does he do? He thinks, I got to get out of this. So he pretends he's crazy and he starts slobbering at the mouth and, and, and writing on the wall and freaking out. And the king looks at him and says, why are you letting this madman be here? And they drive him out, even though he's David. And now he's free. God let his plan come into place where he was that close to dying. Why? He was in a time of or, a disorientation. So he, David went from being oriented to disoriented, making really bad decisions at that, in that period of time. Some good ones, a lot of bad ones. 
And then he goes back to being reoriented. And when he does, God has him ready to be a great, great king. And so uh, Pam, uh, knowing David went through that and knowing David had definitely had transitional anxiety. Yes. That's why he went and fled to the Philistines yes. was that transitional anxiety, that freaking out fear that caused him to operate on fear, not on faith. Uh, and then he got back right. Yeah. What are some times in your life where you have uh, freaked out. No, not really. (laughs) (laughs) I've probably freaked out a few times. No, but you went from being oriented one way to disoriented. And 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 how did you handle it? It's interesting hearing that David did it more than once, Mm -hmm. you know, and it is, that's life and that's what God does. But I do remember um, one of the times is when that kindergarten walk, you know, you take the kids to school. I honestly thought Tim was the hardest because he was the baby. And I thought, I'm free. I'm so excited. So I make that walk down the hallway, drop him off to class, and I can't stop crying coming back. And in my head, I'm thinking, wait, I wanted this. What happened? I'm crying. I can't stop crying. And I think it was the realization that life has changed once again. And now what do I do? It's that moment of thinking, okay, God, what is your plan now? I don't have the kids at home anymore. But that one was an expected one. Okay, that one, yeah, yeah, I yeah. knew. Not that Tim would hit me so hard, but that kindergarten walk, I know, was was a hard one. Then when you went from youth pastor to senior pastor role, I I had no clue. I did not expect it. But I felt like I was forgotten. Yeah. Now, to help everybody understand, you and I were a team. We were a team it together. Was, um, the next generation ministry we led, we led together. Yeah. And it was Chuck and Pam, Chuck and Pam. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I, I never discipled hardly anybody that you weren't there. Yeah. Uh, there were a couple of times I did, but I was always careful on how I did that. But the vast majority was us it together. It was together. Yeah. And, uh, and we were a part of seeing the ministry go from very small ministry to thousands and thousands yeah. um, as a team. As a team. Together. And then all of that got taken away. Yeah. And then I honestly, I asked God, what do I do? I, I am not in, a, I'm, I'm not preaching. I don't want to preach. I really don't care about the budget. Yeah. <laughs> and you now do. Um, all those things. It's like, okay, I, I, it was really, really hard. I honestly woke up every day. What do I do? What do I do? I, I honestly felt like God forgot me. And I just, I went to church and I went through the motions, but as I was praying and seeking God, and this is what I did when I, with the kindergarten ones and all the other ones too, is I honestly had to go to the word and get into the word and to say, God, help me. I don't know what I'm doing. This is new to me, and I really don't know where I'm going. And so I started with Psalms, and I just read through the Psalms. And that's just such a comforting book, too. And so as I'm reading through, and as you're talking to me about things that really aren't, they don't even interest me, God put on my heart, you, this is what your husband is doing now, and you care about him. So you need to listen and care. (laughs) I thought, Oh my gosh, I have to care. So I decided at that moment, okay, I'm going to stop and I'm going to listen and hear what you say and have to ask questions because I don't understand it. I didn't want to understand it, but I had to understand it to ask the questions. 
And you were very graceful in those moments. Yeah, I um, I remember that. None, the probably what made it so hard, I think, is that you didn't know what was coming. No, like I mean, when we we made an agreement, we'd do this. That I would do this. It yeah. was not on on my own. Yeah. But I don't think you had a clue that you were about to be disoriented the way you were. Oh no, I I guess because we'd always been a team, I thought I'd still be the team with you. But then the whole dynamics of what you did changed. And it was like, okay, I don't fit here. I don't fit here. I don't fit here. And so I felt, honestly, I didn't fit anywhere. And I think that's when I really picked up my camera and I just decided this is really what I need to, it's what I love to do anyway. Um, But I took it to a new level and I would just go, and this is how I met people at church. I, um, cause I knew the kids, I didn't know the adults. <laughs> so I would, I bring my camera to church and I would just start taking pictures of people. And that really helped because I got into conversations with them. And then I thought, well, let's do something with them. So I started printing them out and putting them on the walls of the hall so that they could see them when they would walk in and out of church and stuff. And so it, I felt like God was using that as and showing me that my talents and my gifts can be used as a senior pastor's wife but um but I felt I got I felt fulfillment that got that's the direction that God was leading me so yeah um I don't I wish I had brought it now you I just now remembered it remember one of my I actually have a few paintings that are my favorite favorite paintings and one of them is of an old man who's sitting and he's he's bowed his head in prayer with these big huge hands next to just a bowl of soup and some bread. Yeah. And it shows just this amazing contentment, this ma- amazing love for God. And you took a picture of a man at CCV yeah. back then and you showed it to me and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, that's the picture. We'll come to find it. He was related to the guy." Yeah. That and we're like, "No way. That's like one of my favorite <laughs> pictures that he was related, but it was a beautiful modern day picture of the same yeah. Same look, rugged, strong, confident, yeah. and um, and God had you build a friendship with him. Yeah, I love him. Yeah. 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 So what happened in that time is you just, I mean, I, I realized I had to listen a lot. I really had to listen a lot. I don't know that I did it perfect, but I think I did it better than at other times in yes, our life. Yes, you did. <laughs> and... Um, but I, we had to talk it through. We had to yeah. share together. And then I also had to realize I couldn't fix it for you. No, you couldn't fix it. Uh, and you tried, I think. You tried offering suggestions and stuff. It's like, it's not, that's, that's not it. I just have to wrestle this through with God. I yeah. just did. So instead of slobbering and writing on the wall like David <laughs> did, uh, Pam ate a lot of hot fudge. <laughs> Is that true? Oh, my gosh. The hot fudge one was when, oh, my gosh. (laughs) The empty nest, okay? I didn't, I honestly, once again, thought I'd be so excited because then it's just you and me in the house. Yeah. But then, no, Tim got married. And seriously, I thought, I went through this thing like, oh, my gosh, now what do I do? My purpose as a mom, oh, my gosh. So I started craving hot fudge. And so originally it was ice cream sundaes with hot fudge on them. Then we ran out of ice cream, so I just got the jar of hot fudge and would eat the hot yeah, fudge. Yeah. It got to that point. And it didn't last long, maybe two weeks. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was that one was rough too. Just a little bit of comfort. Yeah. So um the thing going back to when I went from being a youth pastor, a next-gen pastor to senior, and we went through a major change. I think we're in a better place way far now, right? Oh. 
Yeah. Yeah. But we had to be reoriented. Yeah. And um, the good news is we didn't fight to get back. We didn't try to do that. But also the thing I want to bring out is you didn't see it coming. Uh-uh. So we're in a time right now where the, the coronavirus, even though the Bible talked about it, right. we didn't see this no, coming. No, or how it, like quarantined, stay at home. It's, I've never heard of that before. So yeah, that was a whole new, I'm going to say slap in the face yeah. for me. So what's some advice you'd give people uh, now um, that they're, they're dealing with this? Right now, someone right. is saying... I'm disoriented. I don't know if I'm going to have a job. I don't know what's going to happen to my family. Right. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to get it. Um, right. I even fear that. I even fear that I'm going to get it. So. Yeah. But I'm confident to know that if I do, God has me. Mm-hmm. But that it is. It's a real fear. I think we all have that. And don't know if we're going to be the bad ones or the ones that skate through. You know, that it's easy. So, But that is a scary place to be. For me, honestly... And this is so weird. I did commit to being in the Word every single day and posting a verse every single day. Back in January, God put it on my heart. Who knew this would be the reason why for me? Because it helps me because I made that commitment. I have to be in the Word every day. And I'm honestly searching for verses on hope, on faith, on all the things that I'm dealing with that day. And that would be place times that I find a, an old verse, and I will use that one because it's the comfort that I need right now. God gives me the comfort when I'm in his word. I feel the peace. I feel the calm when I'm in his word. One of the other things, too, for me is what is it that you love doing? Is it crafting? Yeah. Is it taking pictures? Is it hiking? Is it just some of the things that you enjoy doing go and do that i love watercoloring and right now i'm trying to figure out more things to watercolor yeah (laughs) well and that's the one thing i think that everyone should do we've got to be in the word so read god's word and let it speak to you and uh, then i think i love what you do you find ways to write it out or draw it or do something Uh, maybe even uh, you actually do take photos and then you do some use some of the photo apps and and put verses there so to share with other people. But do that, do that, you guys. The other thing I wanna encourage you to do is what Pam said, every day do something fun. Yeah. I mean, it can only be, even if it's for only a few seconds or or only for an hour or whatever, look forward to something every single day. Yes. And uh, just to have a joy and have fun and have calm. And uh, that'll help you. And then, of course, uh, one of the most important things is mindfulness, which we've taught on over and over. Yeah. Uh, as we close, though, I want to talk about David again. David uh, freaked out. David uh, slobbered at the mouth. David <laughs> almost ate his hot fudge. <laughs> and then on the other side, here's what he wrote. Psalm 34. Psalm 34 is about that moment. And it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble will hear it and rejoice. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. And then David said, I sought the Lord and he answered me. By the way, he's going to answer you. He's going to answer you. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me out of all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant and their faces were never ashamed. This poor man cried. And the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and rescues them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. For to those who fear him, there is no want. 
And then David said, the young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they who seek the Lord shall not be in want of any good thing. Come, you children, listen to me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is the man who desires life and loves length of days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. And then he goes to say, the eyes of the Lord are towards the righteous. Here, his ears are open to their cries. The face of the Lord is against evildoers to cut off the memory of them from the earth. The righteous cry and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. He keeps all his bones. Not one of them will be broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and those who hate righteousness will be condemned. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants, and none of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. Amen. That's what David found to be true. That's what we found to be true. Amen. And that's what you're going to find to be true. God bless you, and um, you got to jump in on the weekend service. It's going to be great. Wednesday's live at 6.30, uh, Sunday's live at 9 and 11, and then on demand after that. God bless you guys, and we'll talk with you soon. Amen.